This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Carly David of PS Group. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0 at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, the affiliate program for Adult Site Broker, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a growing sex doll site. Started in 2016, it's grown to over $2 million in annual revenue. The owner has focused and invested heavily into SEO for the site, making sure it consistently ranks at the top in the search engines for the main industry keywords. As a result, most of the traffic and sales are organic, coming from people who have searched for sex dolls on Google. Other strong sales channels are the 25,000-plus person email list and an affiliate program. The owner has developed relationships with the best manufacturers. The products are drop-shipped directly from the manufacturer to the customer. The store has hundreds of five-star reviews on the website and on third-party sites. The store currently has no employees aside from the owner, who works only 10 to 15 hours a week on the business. SEO is handled by an agency. This is a business that can be grown by a company with experience in the novelties field. Only $2.72 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Carly David of PS Group. Carly, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Pleasure is mine, Bruce. Oh no, it's mine. <laughs> we can go back and forth on that one. We could, so, it's uh, an honor. <laughs> Thank you. So with over 15 years experience in mainstream marketing, former sex worker Carly David originally began her career in film and TV before transitioning to ad agencies. Over the years, she's collaborated with one of Adweek's top advertising execs of the decade, Australia's Marketer of the Year, BAFTA and Sundance Film Festival nominees, Fortune 100 companies, cause marketers, and Hollywood directors. Her areas of expertise include campaign strategy, branding, website design, and SEO. Carly currently resides in Mexico with her dog, Bodhi, PS Group's mascot, by the way. At any given moment, she can be found not working on her memoir, which I want to read that. It sounds exciting. Uh, she was educated at Columbia University. Now, PS Group is a creative agency for the adult industry and is comprised primarily of current or retired sex workers. Yay for you. Their team comes from all over North America as well as the UK. 
Their services include website design, branding and graphic design, strategy, copywriting, SEO, and social media marketing. They take a very holistic approach to their work and encourage their clients to learn not just the what, but the why, which I totally agree with. Their clients have gone on to win awards, create successful podcasts, develop a support collective for sex worker rights, yay again, and become educators themselves. Well, Carly, I just talked a bit about your background. And by the way, did you did you like your uh, commercial there? <laughs> I'm exhausted just hearing it. <laughs> yeah, usually after a long bio like that, I'll say, and thank you for being with us today. That's all the time we have. So Exactly. I talked a bit about your background. It sounds like quite a journey. Tell us about the journey. Uh, journey is is definitely one way to put it. Uh, <laughs> it's been a bizarre trajectory, but mm -hmm. for some reason, it has actually come completely full circle for me. Uh, at school, in college, I majored in English and human rights mm -hmm. and went into entertainment and then advertising and marketing. And now I sort of combine all three. And mm -hmm. it's just... You know, I was reviewing the questions that we had discussed earlier, and I was like, wow, I have the most amazing job ever. But hmm. let me tell you, I've gone through quite a few jobs that were not amazing. So yeah. it's it's definitely been a journey, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned to me, and I mentioned in the bio, you're a former sex worker. Uh, at what point in your life was that? That was actually while I was working in advertising agencies. I sort mm. of had this very bizarre film noir-esque double life going. I just, I learned so much about psychology and people. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was a very different time. It was probably about 10 years ago. Mm. And the industry has changed drastically. I mean, the world has yes. changed drastically. So I'm just really happy to have found mm -hmm. this industry. And, mm -hmm. you know, mainstream never really felt right. It never yeah. really fit for me. So yeah, I once I found this industry, I was like, I'm home. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Now, uh, you, you alluded to it, but uh, tell me the story of how you got into the adult industry. Oh, wow. That was very interesting. Well, I had actually known sex workers pretty much since I was an adult, like in college, which, mm. again, very different time. And yes. it just kept people just entered my life at different points who were a part of this industry. And eventually yes. I decided, you know what, this is something I want to explore. And I was very fortunate that it was not because I needed something to survive. I didn't necessarily uh, depend on it for my livelihood. It was mm -hmm. something that I was doing for very personal growth reasons. Mm -hmm. And that, that, again, is a very privileged place to be. Uh, yeah. But I found that it was more fulfilling and gratifying than mm -hmm. being in a mainstream corporate environment. Okay. So, I mean, were you a performer or were you working as an escort or do you want to talk about it? I was full service. I was full uh -huh. service in New York City. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Wow. So it was definitely a, it was definitely a double life, you know, VP by day, mm-hmm. lady of the night. And wow. uh, it was, um, it was a time where the online and digital sex work wasn't as prominent, I would say. It right. wasn't as accessible and it wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. So mm-hmm. that was the niche that I was exposed to first. So that's sort of where I made my entry. And mm. then it it no longer was something that was, I feel like as you grow and evolve in your life as a person, as a professional, uh, you know, as a sex worker, that there are chapters mm-hmm. as with any career. And it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I feel that the next challenge for me is helping other sex workers. Sure. Sure. Now, now you said you had uh, personal reasons uh, that that helped. I think believe the words you said were were fulfilling. Uh, anything you want to share about that? I gotta say, it was a way to connect with individuals in a mm-hmm. very uh, unusually intimate way. And when I mean intimate, I mean people bearing their souls, people yeah. confiding in you. And sure. trusting you. And that's mm-hmm. a huge responsibility. And being yeah. able to have a positive impact on someone's life after they have taken that leap of faith and trusting you that way, it's it it meant more to me than any envelope for real. Sure. It really did. And it continues to. Yeah. So that's really that's part of why I do what I do, is that you know, it's amazing to see your work recognized. It's so much more amazing, indescribable feeling to see the people we work with getting yeah. their work recognized. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. So I I mentioned before, we may have a little barking in the background. Um, only six dogs. What can I say? We talked about that before we went on. What is PS Group? So PS Group has gone through a variety of incarnations, and I could not be happier with where we are today. We are basically a traditional creative ad agency. We Mm -hmm. just work exclusively with sex workers. And for the vast majority, we are sex workers, or we're either current or retired. And we're people Mm -hmm. who genuinely care about the community and really want to, I mean, I know it's a cliche term, but, you know, to really empower our peers and Mm -hmm. to really make a dent in our future as an industry, shift the needle and just keep changing the game and making everything that we do in terms of marketing just one notch better. One notch more informed, one notch more creative, one notch pushing the envelope and just making sure that we don't just say sex work is work. We live that. We walk that. If I'm a potential client and I'm looking at you and I'm looking at a firm that isn't run by sex workers, why should they go with PS Group? That's always a good question. And it's something I should probably. That's why why I asked it. 
Yeah, and it's I should have my elevator pitch ready, you know? You but, should. I mean, beyond our differentiator, <clears throat> that this is our world. Like, this is what mm-hmm. we do. Um, I would also say the quality of our work speaks for itself. And mm-hmm. we're always just trying to produce better and better and better and more creative and more thought-provoking and more um, really effective. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. great to have really pretty work, but if it's not going to convert, if it's not going to propel you towards your end goal and objectives, then it's just pretty work. Right, right. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? And you, you know, we... We've been communicating a lot by email and you were talking about, you said, well, we haven't won awards, but our clients have won lots of awards. And my reply was, well, that's what it's all about. And you know what's interesting? And I I come from the radio world. I was in radio for 21 years. And I'll never forget all these ad agencies that were totally ineffective, but they won all these awards. And the whole thing was all about who could be the cutest, who could be... Uh, the one that uh, that puts out the ad that you know the client spent the most money on um, and won an award, but when it comes comes right down to it, the important thing is results. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the ideal piece of work is going to transcend just creative. It is not mm-hmm. only going to convert and be effective, but it also becomes something that's larger than just an ad or a website. Right. It becomes about something that is relevant to all of us and something that makes us think. And mm-hmm. hopefully one day something that changes things. Right. You know? I mean, I would say that Nike does this really well is that, um, and frankly, the ad agency who does most of Nike's work is an inspiration for PS group. Mm. And I think the fact that they're able to tackle, uh, not just a sales pitch within the quality of creative, but also really be a vehicle for social change. Mm. And I think they, they've had a very good track record of, uh, of work that rallies people in a way that inspires you. Yeah. And I, that's yeah. what we, we really strive to produce here. Yeah. Now, besides what I just shared, what other services does PS Group offer? Well, we actually are adding more social media platforms. So as of May, we are, uh, we're currently offering Reddit. Soon we'll be offering Discord marketing. And we do sometimes offer bespoke packages for other platforms. But right. for the most part, we focus on those platforms that, in our opinion, has the most potential for longevity. Sure. So, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this in a little bit when we dive deeper. I really want to aim for, you know, editorial and creative and, and everything that we've really already touched on. But so Mm -hmm. we will have photography and we have played with the idea of, we do have a music producer who sometimes will do custom music tracks 
that you own mm. in entirety. Wow. That's nice. Now I, I shouldn't give the standard disclaimer. We're taught we're doing this April 29th and this will run in August. So, uh, yeah, a lot of this will be happening then. Tell me what a typical day looks like when, when, uh, uh, when, when a podcaster is not keeping you up late to do an interview, that is. <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, every day is different yet exactly the same. Uh, there's always the firefighting project you have to attend to immediately. And mm -hmm. I typically have about four to five Zooms a day with clients and with team members and, you know, vendors and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm on Zoom a lot. <laughs> the pandemic mm -hmm. was actually sort of business as usual for me because I work from home. Our entire team is sure. remote. Uh, so the only tricky thing is the, uh, the time differences because we have, don't we I, just don't have, I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know more. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so it's a lot of zooms and then it will be, I am by August, I will be working less and less on active projects and more focusing on the trajectory of PS group and operations and business development. Nice. But, uh, as of right now, I'm finishing up a bunch of sites because I have been our lead website designer until, until recently. And, um, what else? I do a lot of SEO work. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of keyword researching. There's a lot of data analysis and a lot of motivational pep talks to clients for some mm -hmm. reason. For some reason, we have a lot of pep talks here. And <laughs> I don't know. I tend to speak in memes, which is very odd. But, <laughs> you know, Bruce, if you ever need the, like, down at halftime, we're in the locker room with Denzel Washington telling you to go kill those, you know, the, <laughs> the, the football team out there, we're yeah. going to, we'll take care of you. We'll take I care of you. We got you. You don't know how much I appreciate that. For sure. Just don't do it in the middle of my night, please. Well, you won't get it probably. <laughs> so um, why is marketing strategy or plan so important for adult performers? I feel, I mean, first of all, I think I have trouble perhaps just because of my background coming from more traditional corporate environments that I'm not quite sure how to approach running a business without a marketing plan. I mean, mm -hmm. if I don't know where I'm going, then I don't know what the next step is to get there. If I Correct. don't have an end goal in mind, if I don't have objectives for, we always ask our clients when they're coming on board, uh, what are your short-term goals? Where do you want to be in six months? What are your, what's your five-year plan? You know, what are these, why did you get into this industry to begin with? And mm -hmm. what is going to make it a success for you? So right. I would say the biggest thing is that if you don't start with a foundation, you're not going to be able to execute in a way that will be, um, that will really have an ROI on everything you're doing. 
it's so not going to be able to help you to grow. You're not going to, you're not going to grow as a person. You're not going to grow as a business and you're not going to be able to achieve those goals regardless of whether you've identified them or not. So sure. we definitely are proponents for everything starts with strategy and then it turns into a, how do I execute this? Mm-hmm. So what are your feelings about social media as a marketing tool? I'm actually very, uh, I'm very torn on using social media for marketing. Uh, personally, I am not a social media person. I get extraordinarily mm-hmm. social media awkward and, <laughs> and I just, I don't use it in my personal life and mm-hmm. You know, I do it begrudgingly for work, uh, right. but I feel like I I did not grow up with Instagram, so hmm. I don't really get it. And that is why we have a social media manager on our team because she's yeah. fabulous and she knows. And so I just let her go and let her sure. I stay out of her way because she knows mm-hmm. and you know, that's also part of a team is that you all have your specialties. But to return mm-hmm. to the initial question, I think it's a very volatile time for that because, mm-hmm. because obviously the, just the current landscape in the tech world, I mean, as we're recording this, you know, Musk literally just bought Twitter. So yeah. we have no idea what the future is going to be. We don't know what the future is going to be for Twitter. We don't know what the future is going to be for the industry. We don't know what right. the future is going to be for the world at large. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, if you had said three well, years we're, ago, well, we're kind of in good, we're kind of in in good shape though, because I doubt if Russia is going to bomb Thailand or Mexico. So, yeah, but I mean, butterfly effect, you know, oh, flapping no, wings. No. That was a, that was a little bit of a that was a little bit of a joke, but yeah, I know, indeed, I know, I know. Uh, I mean, I think also there's the concept that just because you can say something on social media, you know, is it really right to say it? Like, yeah. should you say it? And I think because of the nature of social media, and also the nature of the world right now, that we're all, you know hooked into a virtual sense of living and surviving Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's very tempting to overshare and forget that it is a marketing tool. And so it has to be approached with strategy the same way that you would developing uh, a search engine optimization plan. Mm -hmm. It has to be addressed and planned the same way that you would build a website. You can't just throw something up there and see if it sticks because I mean, social media more than anything is just, it's forever. So, yes. uh, yes. So I encourage people and, you know, performers in this industry and everyone really to just put the pause button on before, before something is posted, uh, make yeah, think, sure think before is, think be, think before you post. Yeah, absolutely. Is this furthering my goals, or is this me venting? If your brand is venting and it works for you, then you know by all means that's a business decision, and that's 
furthering your marketing, you know, mm-hmm. but I would say very few people are consciously deciding on that style of brand. Well, yeah. I mean, how, how often does somebody pay someone to do their social media and then screw it up with one of their posts? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I trust uh, my social media manager because she collaborates. Uh, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the person who owns the account. Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I get that. Um, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, it's all, it's all a learning lesson, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. And I've ever since, uh, January 6th, uh, 2020, uh, one, I've backed away considerably from social media, but that's a whole other story. Um, our thing but, is that like our clients don't pay us to sit on social media for us. They pay us to do their work. Right. So, uh, I am, I'll keep an eye on Twitter, but I, I don't post n- nearly as much as I should for promotional yeah. reasons, but to be fair, I'm a little busy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we should be. We should yes. be doing the jobs that we, that we want and have yes. and that we're working so hard on. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's the whole idea. So what do you think the future is of adult marketing? I think it would be arrogant to presume I know because I don't and no one does Mm -hmm. really. I can say what I hope it is and where I think it's going. Uh, I have been advising our clients for years now, get your email marketing in place now. Work on your SEO now because both of those have very long gestation periods You have to really work on them for quite a while for them to be as effective and beneficial as they can really be. We've been really fortunate with our clients that they've really taken that to heart. And I get so excited every time I get a newsletter from one of them. Uh, (laughs) um, Sure. I would say that we're just going to keep as an industry, like, going up a notch and going up a notch and going up and really just getting more and more creative, more and more sophisticated with our efforts. Uh, I think we're going to use data a lot more. Uh, The people that you hear talking about their analytics now, ironically, I'm seeing this on Twitter, but I think the people who are really, who are really embracing that because to be fair, the adult industry is we're slightly antiquated with our tools <laughs> uh, because of how we're limited by the outside world. You know, the that's very that true. We're not eligible for a lot of things that yep. mainstream marketers can do. But also because we're sort of, you know, for better or for worse, we're a little underground. So mm-hmm. we, the communication opportunities to share are, are less than they are in a mainstream world. So mm-hmm. I think the information is just not as accessible. And that's something that like me and my team are really, are really trying to work on is to provide resources yeah. and to disseminate information 
and try to provide as much free education as we can. So I think the future of adult marketing is is going to be it's going to be bigger. It is going to be um, more thought provoking, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably going to look a lot like mainstream marketing. It sure. just happens to be for the adult industry. Yeah, yeah, and I think. And I think as time goes on, despite all the negative noise from outside, what governments are trying to do, uh, the grandstanding of uh, certain politicians, which there seem to be more every day, um, mainstream and adult, as time goes on, seems to be coming closer together, wouldn't you say? I do think so. I do. And I think, I think my personal belief is that the sooner we're able to destigmatize by humanizing the industry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making it a little bit more perhaps accessible and relatable to those who are not as involved in it, mm-hmm. uh, I think the sooner we can do that, the sooner we'll actually be able to instigate change on a legislative and, you know, societal level. Sure. And so my goal is to really reach back out to the industries that I grew up in and get them on board and try to integrate uh, adult and mainstream in a much more holistic, um, interdependent way, I think, Mm -hmm. so that we can coexist And it's less us and them. Indeed. So what advice do you have for new models and what do you think the keys are for success? I personally believe that success is really due to three things. The first is a work ethic. If you have a really solid work ethic and you apply yourself and you discipline Mm -hmm. yourself and you keep challenging yourself despite, you know, outside factors or Mm -hmm. whatever else is going on. If you're willing to put in that work, I think the chances for your success is a lot more. Like anything else, really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then also a good attitude, a positive Mm -hmm. attitude, humility, That goes a long way. And so I think between the work ethic and a positive, good attitude, everything else can be learned. Mm -hmm. Really, everything else can be learned. If you've got that work ethic and you've got that positive attitude. And then it comes, you know, frankly, it comes down to fair amount of luck. It really does. And that unfortunately is for the most part out of our control. Mm -hmm. But we can definitely take the steps towards recognizing those opportunities when they arrive mm-hmm. and when they present themselves. And with the work ethic and attitude, you're able to act on those opportunities and really mm-hmm. leverage them and make them the most they can be. Sure. Now, what do you think PS Group will look like in five years? I would. Well, we're definitely going to be bigger um, because we're growing at an exponential rate right now. And mm-hmm. I could not be more thrilled with my team. I got to tell you, I am 
everyone's biggest fan. Like everyone is amazing <laughs> at what they do. And they're just all lovely individuals. We'll have team meetings and like half of people are smoking a joint, but we're talking about SEO. You know, <laughs> and we're having fun because the point is, is that we either the entire team is comprised of people who either were in traditional and it didn't work for them or they never even entered it because they knew it wouldn't work for them. Hmm. So we are sort of a team of outliers where a team of random people who are, you know, where are the where are the counterculture people? But mm -hmm. for the most part, we try to function like a mainstream ad agency. So I think mm -hmm. in five years, it'll be, it'll look a lot more like an ad agency just with like a filter or a prism of a lot of weird, which is exactly <laughs> what we all love and want. Oh, yeah. So I definitely. Uh, and also I do see us doing big campaigns. Mm -hmm. uh, I do see us mm, producing work of some sort, meaning like music videos or mm -hmm. commercials or uh, ad campaigns. I mean, I want to really help take my clients to the next level. And so I think mm -hmm. in five years, I mean, PS Group doesn't look like what it did five years ago. It doesn't even look the same as a year ago. So I, I'm very excited to see what it will be in five years. Um, sure. So, I mean, especially at some point, I am going to be planning, or I am planning to step away for a moment to write that infamous memoir. So, but I really want PS Group to stand on its own. I don't want it to be the Carly show. I want right. it to be PS Group. Sure. And I want it to be a collective of team members and individuals and clients who share a mission, who share values, and really, really care about this community mm -hmm. and industry. So that's a very long-winded answer to your very short question. <laughs> so what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I think, frankly, we said it earlier, watching the people I'm helping succeed. Yeah. You know, their success is, is our success. Indeed. And, you know, when people say, how can, I, how can I thank you for the help you provided? I'm a firm... You do it for someone else one day, you know, pay yeah. it forward. That is oh, how yeah. you can pay me back because mm -hmm. frankly, the more I'm able to help someone and they, and it helps them genuinely and you see them thriving and succeeding and attaining their goals and eventually helping others, you know, mm -hmm. that I receive so much more from that than oh, yeah. they originally received from me. Hmm. So, and I know that sounds so Pollyanna kumbayaish, but <laughs> no, no, because I, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah, I mean, it. Just, I mean, it's I mean, my cliche. client succeeding, my client succeeding, somebody selling a website and getting uh, a good return for all their work, or somebody buying a property 
and turning it into an even more of a success and being thankful for that. And on my web, on my website, you see stories like that uh, with the testimonials. And um, yeah, so I feel the same way, exactly the same way. Yeah. I mean, they're really, I mean, this will have aired by then. So I guess we'll know in August, but we have a number of uh, people up for awards at Expos in a yeah, few weeks. In May, yeah. And we even have a team member who's up for an award. And oh, good. I am just, I am so, I'm more excited for them than I would be if I were. I mean, yeah. I started crying when one of our clients won a fan AVN award. Nice. And, and I just, I'm so, it just, it means, it makes you feel full. Because I've been yeah. through a lot of my life that makes me jaded. And hmm. I could be really cynical. But at a certain point in my life, I just said, you know what? I can choose to be cynical or I could choose to believe there is positive positivity in the world. So yeah. why don't I just choose that? And yeah, I truly course. believe that, you know, that helping others really is the most fulfilling element because it Absolutely. does present opportunities for you as well. Yes. So it always comes full circle. I feel. Mm -hmm. I agree. So what are your dream achievements? I would absolutely love after saying I want my clients, but you know, uh, <laughs> I want my clients or a client project to be recognized in some way in the mainstream sphere for an adult project. I want the quality of work that this industry is putting out uh, and that we put out to rival any vanilla or civilian project. I want mm -hmm. it to be that good. And I want it to be that effective and that thought provoking, you know, <laughs> I also really want to be on lip sync battle. I think <laughs> I would do really well on that. Uh, I think the whole production would be very fun. And I practice a lot in my bathroom, but beyond that, like I is am. That in, is that instead of singing in your shower? Exactly. I do have the hairbrush <laughs> microphone. So, uh, but yeah. And I mean, and of course I got, I, I got the visual Carly. I got the visual. <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on who's thinking about it. Oh God. That's a whole other tangent and a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course I really do feel very passionate about this infamous book that I've been working on for a very long time, but hmm. you know, it just never felt right. And eventually I realized yeah. the story's still going. Yeah, absolutely. You can't write a book unless the story's, uh, you know, completed, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm giving myself a little bit of a break on mm -hmm. that. But we have, we have some ideas. We have a lot you, of notes. Sure. Well, you've had a lot of lives. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's something that I'm sure people would be interested in reading. Oh, well, thank you. We'll, we'll definitely see. I mean, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, so Don't I'll do have that. to send the notes to you so that you can, you know, ghostwrite. <laughs> there you go. Well, in Mexico, that it's probably more likely you get hit by a taxi, so be careful. Or a donkey. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that too. That too. Or a donkey with a cart behind it. Yeah. Um, so what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? There are a lot. I mean. Okay. Tell, tell, would, tell, give me the top five. Yeah. <laughs> top five. Professional napper. I could really mm. use more sleep in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also, you know what is like one of those TV careers that probably looks nothing like it in reality? I really want to be one of those like stolen art investigators, like a bounty hunter for a Monet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I always, I mean, my childhood dreams. I really wanted to be a grocery checkout person until I was four. And Mm. then I changed to a mathematician. Now, let's Mm. be honest. I cannot even count to 20 with my shoes off now. So, (laughs) but honestly, I wanted to, I I wanted to be a fireman, but you know, what kind of, and also, also a garbage man. So, cause I'd always look out the window and see the garbage man and go, Oh, that's cool. They've got, they get up, they get down, like they're, they're hanging off the back of the truck. Like it's very yeah, risky and yeah. like thrilling. So Me. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> but frankly, I just, I love what I do now. I really I can tell. do. I can tell. Yeah. It's amazing. I get to work with legends in this industry. I get mm-hmm. to work with people who are going to be legends. Mm-hmm. I get to learn from all these people. It's just Every walk of life and every background, you know, I mean, when we, it sounds so cheesy, but like we get stagnant when we stop inquiring and being curious. Yeah. So I think this, this industry and my job right now allows me to do that and it wants me to do that. So yeah, I've definitely found my place, I think. Well, you seem to have. Carly, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. Likewise. Thank you, Bruce. It was a pleasure being here. The pleasure was mine. My broker tip today is part three of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Find new ways to monetize your website, such as sell advertising. If you've got a free site like a tube, that's the best way to monetize your site. If you have a tube, another way to make more money is to sell premium memberships. Offer free users one level of content, and for premium users, you can do things like give them higher quality video or longer videos or both. You can also make the site ad-free for premium members. Start an affiliate program. If you have a pay site, this is a great way to increase your quality traffic and get more joins. With all sites, you can figure out other upgrades and products you can sell your users. Pay sites can also sell pay-per-view, where people have the option of paying by the scene for content they can't get on the site. This is also another way to charge users as opposed to a monthly fee. Sell them other products like toys and novelties. Market your business. Do things to improve your search engine results. There are some great SEO consultants out there who can help you get higher search rankings in Google. If you want some recommendations, contact us on our website. List all of the benefits of your site and your marketing and how they affect the user. And of course, hire a great marketing consulting firm such as Adult B2B Marketing, which we also happen to own. Eliminate unneeded expenses. Constantly make sure you're not spending money you don't need to. 
Make sure there isn't duplication in your staffing. From time to time, check services you pay for like hosting and see if there are better and less expensive options. Take it from me. I've done this and saved a bunch, plus got higher quality hosting in the process. Again, ask us for recommendations. Always look for ways to do things more cost-effectively. Along with this, make your profit and loss statement show more profit. Increasing sales and reducing expenses obviously does just that. Make sure your P&L statement accurately reflects your company's actual costs, not a bunch of personal expenses you put in. This will cost you money when you sell. It may help you with the tax man to put that stuff on your tax return, but it hurts you if you show that stuff on your profit and loss statement. Remember, every dollar in profit increases the value of your website as much as three to four times. This is why you need a good, experienced broker to help lead you through the process. We've gotten people thousands of dollars more on their sale just by adjusting the P&L statement to reflect actual business expenses as opposed to a bunch of BS. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with comedian and actor Dan Frigolette. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Carly David of PS Group. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>